Hey, everybody, it's Matt. Be sure to join me and our team for a very special event, our annual Welcome to Greater Philadelphia Gathering. This is one of Select Greater Philadelphia's signature events, where we welcome new and recently relocated organizations and leaders to our community. You'll enjoy some great food and refreshments while connecting with our region's top academic, business, and civic leaders. This novel gathering, it provides us all the chance to say, Welcome to the Neighborhood! to our new colleagues who chose to grow their businesses and careers in Greater Philadelphia. Our exclusive location for 2019, it's extra special. The new corporate headquarters for Entercom, the leading media and entertainment company of highly rated, award-winning radio stations, digital platforms, and live events, including this podcast. And the Entercom team, well, they call Greater Philadelphia their home too. This special gathering is made possible thanks to Comcast, TD Bank, Berkshire Hathaway Fox Roach Home Services, the H&K Group, and the Entercom and Radio.com teams. We're all set. Thursday, November 19th, it will be an evening filled with meaningful conversations and new friendships. Register today for Welcome to Greater Philadelphia at chamberphl.com slash welcome19. That's chamberphl.com slash welcome19. Stories of economic growth, job creation, and business success from across the 11 county community of Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania. Now, here's Matt Gabry. Financial literacy. Well, that means having the skills and knowledge to make informed and effective decisions about finances and financial resources. In 2015, the S&P Global Financial Literacy Survey asked four simple financial questions to respondents all over the world. And the results landed the U.S. in 14th place for financial know-how. And it shows. Americans are failing the grade by nearly every metric. Nearly 60% of U.S. households don't keep a budget. Two-thirds would be unable to scrounge up $1,000 for an emergency. And 35% have a debt currently in collections. In the weekly PBS series known as Two Cents, the host helped millennials and Gen Zers understand the importance of personal finance. Though the U.S. is known as one of the top consumer markets in the world, our financial knowledge does not always stack up. And as the results of the survey outlined in that PBS video suggest, the majority of Americans struggle with paying off student loans and their overall debt. Often thought of as a taboo topic, Discussing family finances is not typically a conversation had at the dinner table, and especially not when the children are present. And therein lies the problem. So how do parents bridge this topic that is sometimes uncomfortable? And what can be done to help educate families on financial concepts like budgeting and interest rates, saving and credit? Enter Eric Redline. He's the founder of a novel company known as New Moolah. It's an app that allows parents to use real money to teach children about money management. And it's actually intended to be fun. Here we asked Eric how he describes New Moolah. So we define New Moolah as a way to enable conversations between parents and their kids about money. Because we know that it's not an easy thing to talk about. So we're trying to find ways to bridge that 
that divide yep. and just make it more fun, make it more interesting and a way that parents and their kids can connect at the same level yep. and talk about money on a way that, that you know, that's that's more interesting yeah, than it that, has been. That makes perfect sense. And one of the words that comes to my mind as you describe New Moolah is demystifying and kind of taking the scariness, if you will, out of understanding and appreciating the power of money and how it can help others and how it can help yourselves to advance and accomplish different goals in life. Yeah, it's one of those things. 70% of parents don't talk to their kids about financial topics at all. It's a massive statistic that kind of find it hard to believe. I have a parent, I have three kids of my own. Yeah. And I guess maybe because of the, of the what I do for work and being in this financial space, we talk about money all the time. Right. And I tell the founding story where my father-in-law was coming up from Florida and he wanted to buy my oldest son a birthday present. Okay. And didn't want to carry it on the plane because he doesn't like to carry with all that much stuff. Sure. We took him to Toys R Us when it used to be a thing. Yeah. And when he arrived here. When he arrived here. Yeah. And we said, hey, you know, go shopping with Poppy. That's his nickname. Yeah. And I had to explain to, you know, my son, hey, you can't buy whatever you want in the store. Poppy has a budget, you know, and things like that. And he got it. I could see the light going on when I could say, hey, you could spend 20 bucks or 30 bucks or whatever it was. And he just really started to understand it. And at that point, I realized that talking to kids about money really shouldn't be that hard because it's not that hard. Yeah. We talk to your kids about, you know, rainbows and sunshine and a whole bunch of other stuff. Yeah. And this is just one of those other things that you should be able to talk about with your kids. Absolutely. So let me use a bad analogy or a bad pun, if you will, and let's open the money clip and dig deeper into that topic of why do you think it is that families traditionally don't really discuss the nuances of money and budgeting and financing? I think it's a couple of things. I think it's what they grew up with. A lot of that are now parents like myself, you know, my parents didn't really talk a lot about money, at least from a teaching perspective. And I think just that carries forward to the next generation of parenting style. I also think it's not very concrete. There's a lot of things that go into money and no one's always sure if you're doing it well or not. I mean, if you have money in your bank account, then you're probably saying, hey, I'm doing okay. Right. And a lot of families you know, say, I don't have a lot of money in there, but I have some. So I don't feel like I'm doing a great job. And so they don't want to give their kids advice because they're not sure if they're doing it well themselves. Right. Yeah. I think you're probably on to something there. It's that caution around pulling back the curtain on an individual's own expertise, own comfort that is probably preventing them from being so open and candid with their children about money in general and about their own financial situation. Yeah, I think it's really true. And I think that's one of the reasons why we launched the company, because we feel like it shouldn't be that hard. Right. And it's such an important topic and a skill, actually, that it's not really being taught in schools. And if parents aren't teaching their kids, kids are learning it by watching. Right. You know, they look at how you live your life. You're always using your plastic. You're always, you know, buying whatever you want. Yeah. Kids are like, oh, I guess I can buy whatever I want too. And right. And they start creating this, you know, feeling of self-entitlement of I want what I want and I'm going to have a hissy fit if I don't get it. And you can tell him no when you're, you know, like at my oldest is seven, I can still tell him no. But yep. when he turns 18 and gets his own credit card when he's off of college or doing whatever he's doing, mm-hmm. I can't be there to tell him no. Yeah. And that's how things start to spiral out of control. So we're trying to get ahead of that curve and, and teach kids earlier on about the power and, and impact money can have on their whole life. Yeah, for sure. Folks, that is Eric Redline. He's one of the co-founders at an organization called New Moolah. They describe themselves as a bi-coastal company, which I want to get into a little bit more with you, Eric. Offices in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh. And you're really out to help families understand and appreciate financial topics through really an approach that teaches kids 
kids to embrace this as a kind of area of power and an area of knowledge that will help them over time. And what I'm hoping, Eric, is if you could take us back to that kitchen table conversation that you and your colleagues had in creating this new app called New Moolah and when that was and where you guys are in your evolution right now. Yeah, so about I guess it's about two years ago at this point, my co-founder, James, and I, we had been just bantering out different ideas around. He's in the financial services space. I've kind of been a lifelong entrepreneur. And we were just thinking about different topics and different ideas. And we both kind of hit on this idea of financial literacy and financial education. He doesn't have any kids of his own, but he is a godfather and has a couple of nieces and nephews. And he wanted to contribute to them. He was always buying them presents. Right. And that kind of got to be old. Yeah, And he wanted to do something a little bit more long-term and more impactful. And like I said, myself as a parent was looking around and thinking about how I would teach my kids about this really challenging topic and realized there wasn't much out there. And so we said, why don't we build something? And so that was really the genesis of New Moolah. And we just kind of kept iterating from there and, and talked with a bunch of uh, parents. We talked with a bunch of middle school kids, actually, and had them actually design a lot of the, uh, the initial screenshots that you see in the app today because we wanted to go where the kids are at and, and get their perspective on what they would want to see in a platform that was really all about them. So you and James essentially identified a problem, and it sounds like you went out and validated with a couple different audiences that, yeah, this is a problem, and we could help provide a solution or at least a, a vehicle that allows people to come up with their own solutions. Is that a fair kind of That's approach? fair, yeah. You know, I think that's one of the key things that entrepreneurs need to do mm-hmm. is go out there and say, yeah, I have a cool idea, but is it an idea that people actually view as a problem and is something that they would want to do something about? There's lots of problems in the world that people don't kind of they put under the carpet, and that's fine, but this is a topic that we, as we talk to more and more parents and recognize that they struggled in their own life journey on finances and didn't really have the toolkit and the words and the mechanism to really engage their kids. They weren't quite sure how to go about it. We thought that was a a great way for us to tap our toe into this financial literacy space and really help families do a better job at that. Yeah, that's great. So two years now, let's say uh, you kicked off in 2017 and help us appreciate the nuance around this bi-coastal approach because you're referring to Pittsburgh and Philadelphia as opposed to California and and New Jersey, if you will. Yeah, that's right. So my co-founder, James, he's actually from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And as I said earlier in the conversation, grew up in the Lehigh Valley, but have been in the Philadelphia for the last 20 plus years. So I call Philadelphia home. And so we really wanted to be a Pennsylvania based organization Mm -hmm. because he's got deep roots there and I have deep roots here. And it just seemed like a natural place for us to, you know, instead of being rivals, dealers and the Eagles and pirates and the Phillies and all that. Sure. We wanted to be more collaborative and kind of bridge the whole state together. That's really great, and it's really inspiring, and it's also what I like to suggest is quintessential Philadelphia. I suspect it's quintessential greater Pittsburgh as well, to be collaborative and to be helpful to other people. So I love the fact that you and James saw that, and not only saw it, but you're putting it into practice as well. Yeah, it's a really important aspect of our business and just our our friendship and collaboration together. You know, we sometimes, I know Philadelphia gets a bad rap and some of the things fans do with sports events and, and what have you. But I think the entrepreneurial ecosystem here is super collaborative and really wanted to highlight and spotlight the cool things that are happening here in this market. Totally. It's that passion of our sports fans and our business people and of our educators and those who call Greater Philadelphia home and the pride they have in their neighborhoods that really come to life. And you and James are not only witnessing that, but you're you're part of it. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. So share with us a little bit more, Eric. You're headquartered here in Pennsylvania with offices in Greater Pittsburgh and in Greater Philadelphia, but you're really a national company. Yeah, that's right. You know, our app is available in both app stores on Play Store and Apple. And we have uh, users across 
across the country. And in fact, well, our banking partner behind the scenes is a Midwestern bank. So we actually are very national in our scope. And our development guys, we have some uh, outsourced folks in Miami yep. and also in Costa Rica. So we nice. are an international company as well. But uh, you know, again, rooted here in our values and our characteristics you know, in, in Philadelphia and, and Pittsburgh. Yeah, that's great. And you know, speaking of international, is it? I'm not sophisticated enough to know about the framework of a company like New Moolah and the uh, use of an app. But could people around the world tap into it, or are there regulatory guidelines that you have to be cognizant of? Anyone who has a U.S. bank account can use our platform. We haven't expanded it out to other currencies and other nationalities just yet. That is on our future roadmap, but right now we are a a U.S.-focused platform. Sure, that makes sense. And let's dive into the platform a little bit, if you could. Share with us, how does it work? I mean, what does somebody do when they go on the app, and how do they tap into the tools that you provide? So when mom and dad download the app, they create their family profile. So they set up all their kids in the platform. They can set up things like allowance if they want to pay their kids on a weekly recurrent basis. They can set up what we call missions, which are akin to chores or things that they want their kids to do around the house. Mm -hmm. They can either set up a recurrent payment for those as well or make those free. But it's real easy to download it, set up the family. You link your bank account to start the funding process because Mm -hmm. we are linked to a real bank account. So when those kids are receiving their allowance or getting paid for doing those missions, they're actually getting real dollars that are moving from mom and dad's account into this child account. And it's the kid's own money. And then they can also set up goals and things that they want to save for to, again, highlight the the long-term value of money and sort of delayed gratification uh, concepts. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty simple to use it. There's a, a kid-focused version when the, the kid signs in. The graphics change. It's a little bit more intriguing from a, a child profile. And, you know, and the parents have different uh, settings and different functions that they can do to manage the whole system. Yeah. But it's real easy to use. And you know we find that kids and parents enjoy using it equally as much as, as the other. And we're also providing educational content in as well. So we call them tips of the week. Yep. And really those are just conversation starters. Yeah. Hey, what was your grocery bill this past week? Hey, what's a budget? What's a debit card? What's a credit card? Yep. Some very high level things that we think kids of any age can start to understand what those things mean and then become very tangible for the parents to show them. Right. You can pull out your wallet and show them your cash. You can show them your credit card. Mm-hmm. You can show them your grocery bill. So those, those are all things that anyone can do yep. because I think pretty much everyone in, in the country has at least one of those mechanisms of engaging with the world around them. Yeah, absolutely. And you had mentioned a moment ago, kids of all ages. Is there a you know thought process that you and your team gave to the audience of young people? You know, Is it young enough for a five-year-old or appropriate enough for a five-year-old? year old or where do you recommend that kind of launching point for a young person? Yeah, we believe kids as young as five Mm -hmm. can truly understand money transactions and what those things mean. Mm -hmm. So the youngest user on our platform is about five. And then we're focusing on kids up through 12 right now. And we have visions to expand the platform beyond 12 as well. I mean, anyone can use it to manage those chores and allowance components. Sure. But really the sweet spot are families with kids is, you know, kids ages five to 12. Gotcha. And when you talk about a vision to expand the platform, is that, you know, kind of a more sophisticated app for the 13 to 18 year old audience, if you will? Yeah, that'd be right. So adding new services and features like mm-hmm. a debit card, more functionality on online payment mm-hmm. mechanisms. They want to buy Fortnite games or go shopping on Amazon, being able to put some parental controls around how much they can spend, where they can spend it. But then just giving them more banking-like services, like a debit card where if they're out with their friends at the pizza shop or going to the movies, yep. you know, they don't have to worry about losing cash. I heard stories where, hey, I gave my kid 40 bucks to go to the movies. They didn't have pockets. They put it in their shorts. It slipped out. Yep. And now they're stuck 
yeah you know looking around saying hey how do i pay for the movies right so we're trying to give them better tools to manage those kinds of situations yeah that's smart so share with us a little bit more about the business model how do you and james and your team how do you generate revenue right now we're launching it as a b2c platform so again it's in the app stores mm-hmm. we are charging our families a per month membership fee okay it's a dollar 99 uh, per month per family Okay. So a lot of the other competitors out there are charging, you know, five bucks a kid per month. So it can get pretty expensive. We're trying to make it as widely available as possible. And there are free parts of the platform as well, like the tips of the week. So if you don't necessarily want to do monetary transactions with your kids, but you still want that educational content, you can still download the app, set up your family profile and get some free, great educational material as well. So speaking of finances, let's thank the team at WSFS Bank for actively helping us attract new companies and new jobs to our region and for their support of this podcast. We stand for service. That's what WSFS Bank is all about. And you know, their friends call them WSFS, and they are the seventh oldest continuously operating bank in the United States. A permanent fixture in our community, Wisfis is a service-oriented, locally managed community banking institution. Wisfis has been servicing businesses of all sizes, as well as growing families with a wide range of banking services. And they continue to implement innovative tactics to streamline personal and business banking. Learn more at WSFSBank.com. And join me in thanking WSFS Bank for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Now let's get back to our conversation with Eric. So folks, Eric Redline, he and his colleague James are running a new two-year-old or so app-based service called New Mula. It's headquartered here in really the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania with offices in Greater Pittsburgh and in Greater Philadelphia. And it's really a tool that helps families access information in a fun and a very affordable way that really empowers kids to understand and appreciate the benefits of saving and spending and also giving. And I'd love, Eric, to pivot off of that notion of giving because I know you have a partnership with some nonprofits, and I'd love for you to expand a little bit about your thinking behind those relationships. Yeah, we firmly believe in creating a balanced view of money. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's great to save all your money. It's great to spend all your money, but there's a huge component of of giving there as well. Mm -hmm. We don't force that on folks, but our internal philosophy, you know, is to be very philanthropic in our nature. And to that end, we've partnered with groups like Tech Girls, which Mm -hmm. is actually a Philadelphia-based nonprofit group that's driving opportunities for particularly girls in the middle school levels to think about STEM and technology science, things along those lines. We partnered with them to do some of our early prototype development Mm -hmm. on the platform. And then we're also looking to expand our partnerships to groups like Junior Achievement Mm -hmm. to help bridge some of their in-classroom conversations and some of their programming to a wider audience, as well as a more continuous ongoing engagement. So we really believe that the the nonprofit groups are a huge way for us to connect kids and families together using technology that oftentimes these nonprofit groups just can't develop themselves. So we're looking to partner with them and and really combine forces and really drive this financial literacy topic home. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And to your point, you give people the option. Ultimately, the decision's theirs. But if you provide them some framework that allows them to understand and appreciate the importance, as you spell out here, saving, spending, and giving, they have a choice to save, 
spend and give. And they can mix that any way they choose to. But to your point, it's important to provide those options to everybody, especially in the philosophy of your organization and what your beliefs are at New Moolah. Yeah, that's right. You know, it's, it's a really critical, I think, process just to have those conversations, whether or not you want your kids to give money away mm-hmm. is, is up to you and, and your family. But just having that conversation and thinking about it at an early age, I think will help change the way you know, kids will engage with their own money down the road. Yeah, for sure. So Eric, you're about two years in from what I would call ideation to implementation. How big's the shop now? If you're comfortable sharing with us, you have X number of employees and you referenced a couple of folks in different parts of the world, but how big is that team that's helping you to be successful? Yeah, our, our team is constantly growing. We have a couple developers that are working with us. We have our co-founder, myself, our the CFO, some marketing folks. We're about a team of six people, full-time, part-time, some outsource, some full-time in the business. Yeah. But, you know, we're constantly looking to grow, you know, in scale as we bring on, you know, raising some capital to expand the business, also generating revenue through our app downloads and, and membership fees. Mm-hmm. So we're really excited about where the future is going to hold for us and, and how big we can get this company. Yeah, for sure. So how important was it for you to pick that right partner in terms of a financial services organization? You had mentioned a bank in the Midwest. One, was it hard to find that right partner? And two, when you approached them, were they hesitant? Were they like, I get what you're trying to do and I love it? And did you get some of these, I get what you're trying to do, but that's not a fit for us? Yeah, I think that was probably one of the hardest things we had to do in going from ideation to execution. Right. Finding a banking partner that really wants to work with us. To be clear, as you referenced before, anybody who has a bank account in the United States can participate and access the information on the new Moolah app. But the bank account is through your banking partner. That's right. Yeah. Numula is not a bank. We are not holding your money directly. We are partnered with NBKC, which is the Midwestern Bank based in Kansas City, Missouri. Mm-hmm. They are our fiduciary partner. And so the money actually sits with them. They are FDIC insured. So your money is completely safe if you're worried about that, yep. which I know people are with their money. Sure. But yet when we found these guys, you know, they have Midwestern roots. And when I was talking with their chief marketing officer and their chief product officer about our idea, you know, we kind of fell in love with each other because they share a lot of the same values that we have at Numula around teaching kids about doing the right thing. And it was a pretty natural partnership mm-hmm. to, uh, to fall into. There wasn't a lot of convincing you know, on both sides of the table. So it was a natural, a natural fit because we're all coming at it from the same, I think the same perspective. You know, we're all in it together. Yep. And if we can combine forces to deliver something that's really interesting and not really being done before, that has a lot of value out to the families that they support, which then you know helps us expand our reach as well. Yeah, that makes good sense. So let's think about the future a little bit. And Eric, where do you expect New Mula to be in the next three years, the next five years, that 10-year horizon? Yeah, some days we can't think past tomorrow, but uh, but you know we have that three year, five year, and ten year vision. Yeah, you know the next three years we want to just keep adding more families to our core platform, which is that five to twelve sweet spot, and then probably at the tail end of that three years, you're really adding some additional banking services to expand our footprint. So as those twelve year olds turn into thirteen, fourteen, fifteen year olds, mm-hmm. giving them the next level of add-on products that they need to support their financial journey. In the next five years, we're really focused on launching some virtual reality and artificial intelligence type components into the platform. We've really trying to bridge this physical world with the digital world. Yeah. You know, a lot of times parents are not taking their kids to banks anymore. Probably my one-year-old won't even know what a bank is by the time he's 18. So we're trying to find ways that we can teach kids about the financial world around them. Mm-hmm but doing it in a way that's still fit very physical and not just through an app and not just through their phones. Right. And then the 10-year vision, 
you know, we're hopefully we're, we're the dominant player in this financial literacy family financial planning space. Mm-hmm. We have a whole list of additional product features that we want to add into the platform that really help connect families in a much broader sense of investing, saving for college, 529 planning, um, loans, you know, a whole bunch of things that as these families mature and have, you know, kids and then grandkids, yep. that this platform will will grow with them and we'll just keep adding new kinds of things to the platform that will really help them be good stewards and really driving towards a better financial future. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I know there's going to be a third grade teacher at a school somewhere in uh, the country, maybe even in the world, listening to our conversation. What kind of advice would you give an educator who has you know, a classroom full of eight-year-olds, for example, if they wanted to embrace new moolah, and maybe it's outside the family environment and it's more of an educational environment? It sounds like you may be doing some of that with junior your achievement and others, but how would they get in touch with you and what kind of program do you think you could put together from that perspective? Yeah, we've been exploring how to help educators bridge this divide as well. We know a lot of teachers are doing things on their own. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to create a partner network that brings some simulation tools and some other programming available to teachers. So we have some contacts there. But I can be reached at eric at numula.com or our website, www.numula, and that's N-U-M-O-O-L-A.com. But uh, download the app, see what some of the educational content you might bring to your classroom. But I think the other important aspect is, is just start in your classroom. Yeah. You know, when you're talking about counting, you can easily make that about counting corners or counting dollars not just counting sheep or counting apples. You know, yeah. you can actually bring some of those high-level financial verbiage into the classroom that start kids thinking about what to do yeah. and also reach out to those nonprofits. So, you know, we volunteer a lot with Junior Achievement, so we're obviously, you know, working with them quite a bit, but there's a lot of other ones out there that are doing very similar work as well. So they oftentimes come into the classroom and can be your advocate, be your support to help you deliver some really cool programming. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you want the average listener to know about New Moolah when they're listening to this conversation? I think we want everyone to know that Numula is a very accessible platform and it doesn't require a lot of work to set it up. It's, it's really designed to be fun. There's rewards for parents. So the more the parents do in the platform, they get benefits. They actually get free memberships uh, every month if they, they do a lot of work in the platform and the kids get rewarded as well. So the more that you put into it, the more you get out of it. The impact that Eric and his team at New Moolah will have on children's lives as they grow up and get part-time jobs, start their careers, and begin their journey down the road to financial independence, it will be profound. And we here at Growing Greater, we sure wish we had a tool like this when we were kids. Hey, if you like this episode, please be sure to rate and review our podcast and share it with friends and family and colleagues through social media. Be sure to check out other inspiring episodes of Growing Greater at radio.com, wherever you get your podcast, or at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast. As we wrap this episode of Growing Greater, let's thank the team at the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau, PHL CVB. They are the official tourism promotion agency for the city of Philadelphia globally, and they serve as the primary sales and marketing agency for the Pennsylvania Convention Center. PHL-CVB is a true economic engine for the city and all of Greater Philadelphia, creating jobs and fueling the economy by bringing meetings, conventions, and visitors to southeastern Pennsylvania and the region. The PHL-CVB team serves as the connector for meeting planners, conference attendees, tour operators, travelers, and their own PHL-CVB members too. 
Learn more at discoverphl.com. That's discoverphl.com. And join me in thanking the Philadelphia Convention and Visitors Bureau for believing in us at Select Greater Philadelphia. Growing Greater is presented by Select Greater Philadelphia, a council of our Chamber of Commerce for Greater Philadelphia. Select is the business attraction organization for Northern Delaware, Southern New Jersey, and Southeastern Pennsylvania, and helps to grow the economic vibrancy of our collective community by attracting new businesses and new jobs to our region. Special thanks to our program producers, Elena Carmazin and Maricela Juarez, along with the great team of marketing and creative services professionals at our chamber. Thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in anytime and anywhere you get your podcasts or online at selectgreaterphl.com slash podcast.